Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Take your Bibles, turn to two places this morning. Turn to Isaiah and turn to Romans. Isaiah and Romans. Isaiah chapter 41, Romans chapter 15. We're going to talk about um, encouraging, encouragement, edifying, edification this morning. Um, I believe this will help us in our everyday Christian life. Um, also, it will help us as we fulfill our mission in the body of Christ and on what God would have us to do as parents and with our co-workers and church family, all these sort of things. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 41, kind of the context here is uh, the prophet, he's looking beyond the captivities that they're in and in 41 pointing to God's greatness even though man is fallen and weak and all these sort of things and kind of looking toward the future of good things. It's good to do that from time to time, isn't it? Remember uh, what God has in store for us and remember our future and the hope that we have in Christ because if we focus on the day-to-day and look down here on earth uh, and always think of the temporal things uh, before long, it's almost guaranteed that we'll get discouraged. Um, But if we kind of look forward to what God is doing and God's purpose and God's plan, it'll help us. And Isaiah 41 and verse 4, he says, Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first first and with the last, I am He. You know, it's just always good to remember that God is in control. I mean, even when the day-to-day and we see evil is seeming to, to prevail... God is in control. Ultimately, if we're Christians and we've given our life and our soul to Him, God is in control. They helped everyone, verse 6. Oh no, verse 5. The isles saw it and feared and the ends of the earth were afraid and drew near and came and they helped everyone His neighbor. They helped everyone His neighbor. And everyone said to His brother, Be of good courage. Isn't this kind of a nice picture of the body of Christ? Everyone helped their neighbor. Everyone said to each other, Hey, be of good courage. Verse 7, So the carpenter encouraged the goldsmith. And he that smoothed with the hammer, him that smote with the anvil, saying, It is ready for the soldering. And he fastened it with nails that it should be uh, not be moved. Isn't it kind of a neat picture here of people just kind of working together and there... Uh, and their talent, and their ability, and their part of the body of Christ, but looking over the carpenter to the goldsmith, or so on and so forth, saying, hey, I want to encourage you. Uh, We're doing this together. We're doing this for a reason. We're doing this for a purpose. We have good things to come. He says in verse 10 of this passage, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. You know what is encouraging? To know that the Lord is with you. Amen. If the Lord is with you, if He is for you, who could be against you? If the Lord is with you, uh, this is an encouraging thought. He says, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. 
I, for I am thy God. If Jesus Christ is your God this morning, you can be encouraged just in that. For I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will, look at this, help thee. Don't we need help? I mean, if we're honest, we need help. From time to time, we need help. We need help. I, if you, if you, you got to admit that. From time to time, we need help. And the Lord said, I will be thy help. I will help you. This is encouraging. I'm trying to encourage us a little bit this morning that when we need help, the Lord will help us. If we go to Him, if we seek Him, He said, I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand, with my righteousness. Keep that in thought in mind. Now turn to Romans 15, bringing it to the New Testament. Romans 15. He says, Romans 15 and verse 1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. You know, sometimes it's easy to get into a groove where we're selfish. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to this word edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. So as we become Christians like Christ, right? Following Christ, it is then our calling to then be able to, to, to be an encouragement to those that need encouraging. The Bible uses the word edification. This word edification means to build up. It, it means to encourage. The Bible talks about edify and edification and exhort. Exhort means uh, to encourage, to embolden, to cheer, to advise, to help, to excite. Now, from time to time, it is good to be uh, uh, just trying to help people with encouraging, edifying words and actions. And even having that purpose, and I'm talking about when we come to church, having that purpose to, yeah, I need some help and I need something from the Lord, but also I want to give something to somebody else. I want to, I want to be that person that helps, that edifies, to give strength. To give strength. Uh, to give them a, a spirit of courage. We as Christians need courage, don't we? We need courage. If we are going to live the life that God has for us, I promise you, you're going to need courage because it's faith. We're to walk by faith. And faith means that we're not to walk by sight. And you need courage for that. You need courage. The Lord said, I'll be with you. I'll help you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you overcome. But we're still going to need courage in what we're facing. And sometimes as the body of Christ or His family, we can help encourage each other. Be of good courage. Why? What did he say in Isaiah 41? Because, because of who our God is. Because of who our God is. The power that He has. His strength. His spirit that He's given us. His word that He's given us. Our future. This is why we can be of good courage. I want to start though with a negative as we move into this sermon. And, and instead of just being an encouragement, I want to 
just point out for just a second the danger of discouragement. So not only do we want to be an encouragement, but we want to be sensitive in our heart and our spirit to not be a discouragement. Okay? Take your Bibles and turn to Numbers chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32. Numbers chapter 32. We try to get us in the context here. The nation of Israel is uh, going through the wilderness and, and Moses is still uh, in charge. Moses, this is before Moses is passed on and Joshua takes over. And they're on the other side of Jordan. They have not gone into the promised land yet. They're on the other side of Jordan and they had to go through some battles and God had given them some victory there and conquering the land on the other side of Jordan. And when they get there, Moses is preparing the people to go over and to possess the land and to go across the Jordan. Uh, but they know that when they go in and possess the land, it's not God's going to give them the victory. He's going to give them the land, but it's going to be battle after battle after battle after battle for many, many years. And, uh, and they're going to need courage for that. They're going to need strength for that. And, and again, to kind of get into the context here, uh, the children of Reuben and the children of Gad, they had a lot of cattle, and the land on the other side, Jordan, was good for cattle. And so they come to Moses and they say, listen, we just like to stay here. We just like to keep our families here and go ahead and uh, stay here and have our, our, our herds here and our cattle here. Uh, would that be okay if we just stay on this side of Jordan? And Numbers chapter 32, let's kind of pick up the story in verse 6. And Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war? And, ye, and shall ye set here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. And when they went up into the valley of Eshkel and saw the land, look at this, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel and they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled at the same time and swear saying, surely none of the men uh, that came out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob because they have not wholly followed me. As soon as, as soon as Reuben and Gad come up to Moses and say, hey, listen, we decide to stay here, Moses is like, no, 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 no. I see where this is going. I see where this is going. I saw many, many years ago where ten men came and discouraged the heart of a whole nation by their fear, by their doubt. They came back with an evil report saying, oh, yeah, the land is full of milk and honey and the grapes. Look at the grapes and all the things. And these, but, but they said, but the cities are walled and the, and the people of those cities are giants and we were as grasshoppers in their sight. They discouraged a whole nation, ten people. And Moses, you can almost see it here. I mean, if you can imagine this conversation, Moses says, uh-uh, no way. Right? I know where this is going. Listen, and, and eventually he says, yeah, you guys can stay on the other side of Jordan. Uh, that's fine. But you're coming with all of us for the war, for the battle. Not necessarily because we need you in the sense of we need the, 
fighting men because God was going to be with them. But we need the encouragement. We need the encouragement. And even more than that, we don't need discouragement at this moment. Amen. We don't need the people's heart to begin to fear and think, oh, they're setting it easy on their side and they've already accumulated what they need. Uh, therefore, they're no longer part of this nation, part of this battle, part of what's going on. Uh, listen, the people of Israel, 40 years before, the 10 spies, they were trying to figure out how to do what God had called them to do. Had God called them to go in and take the land and possess it? Yes. But they were trying to figure out how to go in and possess the land without God. And listen, listen, Christian, this is always going to be discouraging. Whatever God calls us to do, and He's called us to do some things as Christians, whatever He's called us to do, we're going to need Him to do it. Let me say it in a different way. God wouldn't call us to do something that we wouldn't need Him for. We need it. And so always, always, always put God in the equation. Because if you don't, you'll get discouraged. And then all of a sudden, this is the exciting part. I'm almost done with the discouraging part. (laughs) When you put God in the equation, nothing else matters. When you put God into the equation, but God is with us. He will strengthen us. And He will help us. And He's called us to it. So therefore, we'll move forward. And we'll move forward in courage. And we'll move forward in faith. Why? Because God is with us. God is in the equation. See, Moses knew our words mattered. Moses knew our actions mattered. What we do sometimes is important to be sensitive. Listen, listen now. To be sensitive that we don't discourage and hinder other believers. People will say something like this. What I do shouldn't matter to other people. And in some senses I understand what you're saying. But as a believer, as a Christian, as part of the body of Christ, we have to be sensitive to not discourage someone else, especially a weaker brother or sister. My words and my actions should be so that I am constantly trying to encourage, to build up, right? (laughs) We went to a a theater thing um, in in Virginia, and it was called the Barter Theater from the the Depression time where uh, people could bring... um, Gardening things and all kinds of stuff to, to barter so that they can go in and watch a show. And uh, they, they say this saying that the, the, the founder of the, uh, of the theater used to say, he says, if you like us, tell other people. And if you don't like us, shut your mouth. Right? <laughs> and uh, there's some of that that's probably pretty good wisdom, right? That is, as far as if we don't have nothing good to say, it's probably better not to say anything at all. Listen, take our mouth and say, listen, I want to be an encouragement. And boy, I could really discourage some people pretty quick with my words and my actions. And as a Christian, part of the family of God, we should be sensitive to that. Again, I'm not trying to act like we're living for other people and trying to please other people because you never can do that. I'm just saying, listen, before God, I want to glorify you, Lord, by trying to always be that encouragement to your body. 
to my family, the people that you've given me in my life, around me, help me to be an encouragement. Paul the Apostle had the same heart as Moses. Let me t- turn, turn to Romans 14. Romans 14. We're going to be turning to some scriptures this morning, so be ready. Have your Bibles ready. Romans 14. Paul had a sensitive heart toward believers. He says, and this is a good passage here in Romans 14, kind of like, you know, Christians sometimes they get stuck on one hobby horse or the other. Um, and Paul's kind of like, it doesn't necessarily really matter. That's kind of what this passage is about, Romans 14. But what he says does matter is that we don't discourage our brother and sister. It's a good passage to read. Like the things that we get all stuck on sometimes, uh, whether we do it or don't do it, that's kind of your own personal conviction. But what is important is that we don't discourage another Christian. That is important, another believer. And he summarizes that. It's kind of good here in verse uh, Romans 14, 13. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. That's good advice, isn't it? (laughs) Therefore, uh, uh, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or occasion to fall in his brother's way. In other words, if we're doing something that's causing someone to fall or causing someone to be discouraged, you know, come away from that. He says, verse 20 of that same passage, For me destroy not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine or anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. In other words, he's saying, listen, it's not what goes in that defileth, but listen. Have the heart and have the respect and have a love for God and God's people enough to say, I'll be cautious of my brother. To not offend, to not cause him to fall. He says in Corinthians, kind of along the same line, 1 Corinthians 8 and 9, he, uh, 8 verse 9 and verse 13 he says take heed lest it by any means the liberty of your own of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak wherefore if meat make my brother to offend Paul says I will eat no meat while the world standeth lest I make my brother to offend what a heart Paul Paul says there's nothing wrong with the meat that I eat obviously there's nothing wrong with these things that I'm doing obviously this does not have anything to do with the kingdom of God Obviously, but if it makes someone a brother to offend, as long as the world stands, I'm not going to eat meat in front of them or to offend them or to hurt them. I'm not going to do it. Why? Because they matter to me more than meat. They matter to me more than the things that I have liberty to do. And so, therefore, I. Ju- and, and I'm not. This, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. The message is not about what we do or what we don't do. The message is about trying to make sure we have a sensitive heart to be an encouragement. To not be a discouragement. Like Moses, like Paul, to look through and say, I'm not trying to be a people pleaser. I'm not trying to live my life. If these people, I mean, you'll drive yourself crazy if you go, you know, because everybody has this little thing or their hobby horse. If you try to live your life to please people, you'll go insane. But just having being sensitive to say, I'm always trying to help others in their walk with Christ, not trying to hinder. Truly, my heart is not to try to hinder. My try, my heart is to try to help others, and in doing that, I bring glory to God. Right? I'm doing this for the Lord, not for other people. 
He says in 1 Corinthians 10.23, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. In other words, you know, i got liberty, but, but, but I've got liberty so far until it hurts another brother or sister. You say, well, it shouldn't hurt them. You're probably right. They should probably be mature enough in Christ that what you do doesn't affect them, but we're not. The truth of the matter is we're just not. We're human. And what other people do, you know, I, I should, in my, in my heart, I should be so looking at Christ and so trusting in Christ that what you guys do don't affect me. But it can. And it does. And it's the same with all of us. Sometimes what other Christians can do will affect us, will discourage us, and will kind of bum us out. And again, you say, well, that shouldn't happen. It shouldn't, but it does. So we have to be aware of the human side of this, that we're being sensitive to the body of Christ, that we are being edifying. Throughout the Scripture and throughout the New Testament, this idea of edification to build up is, is huge throughout the Scripture. And by the way, this is our third purpose as a church. So we try to keep it simple, right? We've got three purposes. Glorify God. Tell, tell the lost world about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Great Commission. And third is to edify the church. Help each other in the body of Christ. Build up. Encourage. You know, help us to continue. That's what we want to do. We want to look around and say, just keep continuing with the Lord. Just, if I can help you with a work, this word of encouragement or an action of encouragement. A lot of times we talk about the words of encouragement, and that's important. Because words mean something. But I want to I go one step further. The action of encouragement. Because it was Reuben and Gad's action that Moses feared was going to cause all the rest of the nation to be discouraged, right? It wasn't just their words, it was their actions. So our words and our actions. But words and actions of encouragement at a low point in someone's life. You know, it'd be, you know what, in some ways, is a sign of Christian maturity, I believe? is when someone starts noticing those that are low goes and helps those that are down and out. Those that are going through valleys, those that are going through struggles, those that are going through hardships and say, listen, I want to do an action, I want to do a word of encouragement to these brother and sister in Christ so that they continue with Christ. Right? That's what we want. That's what we're looking for. He says that in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. He says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by the which every joint supplied. This is a picture of the church, right? That we are parts of a body of Christ and are, we, we're joined together, you say. We're not, and again, this is important because sometimes we think that we are, you know, by ourselves. It's me and the Lord. It is you and the Lord, but He has put you in the body, right? He has you serving with other Christians. Why? Because you have things that they need and they have things that you need. And that is how it's like the Lord put the puzzle together. The Lord will give you what you need. Listen, this is awesome. The Lord will give you what you need sometimes by giving it to somebody else. It still comes from the Lord, but He gives it to them to help you to kind of keep you joined together. Kind of like a husband and wife, right? And so it's the same in the body of Christ. Yeah, the Lord's going to give it to you. You say, the Lord's all I need. The Lord is all you need. That's in fact that He has put you so that we can help and be a blessing to each other in the body of Christ. He says, every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part. 
making increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. So the body builds itself up. It increases. Uh, listen, we want to grow. And we are growing. But, but we, I think in order to grow, we have to be conscious of this point. And as we merge together and as we build the new church, we, we want to be cautious of this, that we edify ourselves. That we build each other up. That we're constantly encouraging each other and being sensitive enough to look around and say, who can I be an encouragement to? Who can I be a help to in the body of Christ? He says, let not corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth in the same chapter. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearer. So he says, don't, don't let bad things come out of your mouth, but just let the things that will help build up. Things that have grace. Things that will minister to people. Have you ever thought of your words, just the conversations that we have, the one-on-one conversations as ministry? We can't. We can think of those as ministry if we're trying to give grace, if we're trying to build up, if we're trying to help. Again, this edify, it's a build up to encourage, to minister to believers as different parts of the body of Christ. He says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 14.3, he says, but he that prophesieth or preaches, right, speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Are our words, when we're, when we're trying to minister, are they edifying, exhorting, and comforting, right? Are they bringing comfort? Um, 2 Corinthians 13.10, he says, Therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power that the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. And again, Paul's saying this in the, in the context of, yeah, there's maybe an issue in the, that has to be worked out in the church. But he's saying, I'm doing all this to help, to build up. I'm not using my words to destroy or tear down or pull apart. Right? I'm using the power and the word that the Lord has given me to do those things, to help someone. This word of encouragement. The Bible, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to look at something here. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3. The Bible says this. Blessed be the God of all. Uh, blessed be the God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them that are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. God comforts us so that we can help comfort others. God comforts us so that we can help comfort others. Now skip ahead to verse 9 of the same chapter. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Paul's talking about some hardships that he went through in the ministry. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raiseth the dead. His hope in the resurrection encouraged him even in his hardest times. Right? Verse 10. Who delivered us from so great a death? Now he's talking about a little something different. He's talking about this great death. 
not just the death of the body, but the death of the soul, right? He delivered us from this great death. Let me just say right now, if we, want to, if we need some encouragement, think of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just as the song that we sang, uh, this uh, brother, uh, he got some encouragement in his depression and his hardship through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Reading Romans chapter 3. When you study and focus on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this is encouraging. That He will save us from so great a death. That He will give us eternal life. That He will take care of our biggest problem, our sin debt. He will pass us from death into life, right? He will take us from in sin to in Christ. I'm just saying, in the darkest hour of a believer as Paul was. In the darkest hour, we can still find encouragement through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection. I like this verse because it has three parts to it. He says, who delivered us from so great a death. That's salvation. Would you agree with that? That He saved us from so great a death. That's finished. That's done. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's a finished work in Christ. He's delivered. Done. You're delivered from so great a death. That's encouraging. But then he goes on. And doth deliver. (laughs) Let me ask you this question. For all who have been delivered from so great a death, do we still need deliverance? I do. Quite often. Lord, help. You know, Lord, I need your prayers. I need delivered. I'm in trouble. I need help. I need delivered from one thing or the other. We still need delivered. And he will help us. And doth deliver, he says in whom we trust that He will, look at this, yet deliver. There's still a finished work that Christ is working on us, and one day He is going to deliver us from this body of sin, right? And give us a glorified body. And so as we look at these encouraging words, the Lord has delivered, He will. He is delivering, and He is yet to deliver. The future that we have as Christians uh, are so good. I'm going to skip over to Ephesians Chapter 1 and verse 3 where he says this. He says, I'm going to read it kind of quickly. We're getting short on time. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. Who blessed us. And I, and I underlined all in my Bible. Who blessed us with all. He didn't leave anything out. With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's present tense. According as He hath chosen us. I'm just trying to get us encouraged a little bit in Christ that he, He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ. Uh, he has chosen us. He's chosen us. We are His chosen people. You say, I'm not all that important. Uh, he chose you before the foundations of the earth. You say, really? Yeah, absolutely. He has chosen you before the foundation of the world that ye should be a holy holy and without blemish before Him in love. He loves you. Having predestinated us, the adoption, He's adopted us. I'm just reading down through here and getting encouraged. He's adopted us, um, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. We're accepted in the Beloved. Um, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness we've been forgiven of all of our sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will. He's called us to His will. 
I mean, these are some wonderful things. We have all spiritual blessing. He's chosen us, adopted us, accepted us into the beloved, forgiven us of all our sins, given us his purpose and plan for this life and then for one in the future. Some of the things that he tells us, he says that we are more than victorious in Christ Jesus. We are more than conquerors in Christ. He says that nothing shall separate us from the love that's in Christ. Nothing. And he goes on to list all the possible things that could. And then he says, no, (laughs) no, nothing, no height, no depth, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He's given us this Holy Spirit, the Comforter. I'm just telling you that some of the things that we have to encourage us, the gospel will encourage us. Uh, what He means for us. He's given us His Spirit. The Spirit is called the Comforter. The Holy Spirit will comfort us as we allow Him to fill us and lead us and guide us. It's that living water that will be a fountain that just keeps flowing, right? It's that fruit of the, the Spirit. He talks about the Word of God will comfort us. I want to kind of close this again. This is uh, going a little long, but go, go to, go to uh, 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 4. The whole context, this is a, a lot the uh, talking about the second coming, the rapture of the church uh, here in Thessalonians. Uh, and um, you can kind of read down through it, but he's telling people the hope that they have of the resurrection, the dead in Christ shall rise first, right? And then he goes down in verse 18 and says, Wherefore, comfort one another with what? These words. Comfort one another with these words. What? The hope of the resurrection. Comfort one another with these words. Then he goes on into chapter 5, verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, whether we wake or whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, look at this, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. So he says, comfort one another, edify one another with what? With these words. Listen, the, pro- the precious gift that we have of these words, when you start to get overwhelmed in your Christian life, when you start to get overcome, when things start to happen uh, where you uh, need encouragement, where you need the Lord, I-, I challenge, I challenge us to have the discipline to do this. When I'm feeling the weight of the world on my shoulder, stop, go to a quiet place, get the Word of God open, and focus your heart on the Word of God and read it. You know, there's some, there's some books in the Bible that are just encouraging, like the book of Philippians, or something like that. But I think anywhere, you go to the Gospels, I already said the Gospel will encourage you. You go to the Gospel of John, start reading through that. My goodness, you're bound to get encouraged. You're bound to start focusing off of your problem and the issues of this life and encourage on the blessings that the Lord has given us in His Scripture. I'm just saying, you say, sometimes I feel discouraged. How can I encourage someone else when I'm discouraged? That's a, that's a serious question. That's a real question. How can I encourage someone else when I'm discouraged? Go to the God of all comfort who will comfort us in all our tribulation. You say, I'm going through tribulation right now. Right now, I feel... I feel depressed. Seek the Lord. Go to His Word and open it up in a quiet place and begin to ask the Lord to fill you and lead you and guide you in His Spirit. Ask His Comforter to help you. Christ will encourage us. 
I had another example here, and we've run out of time, but I'll just tell you, tell you briefly what it was. In the book of Luke, Jesus goes to those disciples in the upper room, right? And he goes there to the upper room, and they are scared, and they're kind of, you know, pinned in, and, and they're in depression, they're in darkness. Did you agree? Christ has been crucified. There's, and he shows up, and he begins to tell them that his will as prophesied in the scripture, was coming to pass. And he begins to encourage them, right? And so I find what's interesting, by the end of his little encouragement to the, to the disciples at the upper room, he didn't just say, be of good courage and you can have peace here in your hearts. That would have been nice. If you're depressed and you're in a dark hole, just having the peace of God in your heart, that's good. But he goes beyond that. By the end of his little message, he's saying, go into all nations and preach the gospel. Be a light. So he goes from, you know, I'm going to give you enough peace and joy that will help you get out of the depression you're in, sitting here in this dark little room, to be able to go out into the city and go out into the nations and with boldness preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a huge difference from the state that they were in. And this is the encouragement that the Lord will give us if we allow Him to come in and encourage us. So in closing, how can we look into our heart and say, hey, has my words of my actions been discouraging? How can I change that? I want to change that. Now I want to live where I am encouraging my friends, my family, my church family, the body of Christ. I want to live a life that is an encouragement, that is, an, that is a help. I want to turn from those things and be an encouragement. My words should be words of life to give encouragement. My actions should be actions of life. How, if I'm discouraged right now in my life, how is it that I can go and find these words in His Spirit and a fellowship with Christ that in that fellowship the Lord can encourage me, strengthen me, help me through all my persecution, through all my trouble, and through all my hardship. The Lord will do it. The Lord will help us. Let's pray. Lord, we trust You in this, God. We trust You that You will make us encouragements. Lord, I pray that You would take uh, Your Spirit and put it in our hearts and drive us to be a help to our family, those closest to us, our spouse, our children, um, those around us at work, our church friends, our church body, the body of Christ in general. Lord, that we can be a help, that we can be an encouragement. And Lord, for us that uh, will suffer from time to time through valleys, through darkness, through depression, Lord, I pray that we would take Your Word and Your Spirit and Your promises and the future that You have for us and the reality and what You think of us, Lord, and that we can use that to encourage ourselves so that we can then be a encouragement and comfort to others. Lord, we love you and trust you and we thank you for your gospel. We thank you for your promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. And feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.